Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave Bo. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today is my pleasure to be interviewing a very, very, very astute and experienced real estate entrepreneur, Gino Barbero from, where are you calling in from today, Gino? St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, Florida. That's a, yes. oh, one of my favorite states, definitely. Especially when it's wintertime here in, in, in Canada, that's definitely one of my favorite states. And if you haven't had the pleasure of watching Gino speak or being at one of his events or seeing what he's up to, Gino's been investing in multifamily properties for quite some time. He bought his first thousand units on his own. He's at 1,300 right now. He's going to be popping up to 1,500 pretty quick. And he's a father of six and just a very good all-around guy. So Gino, looking forward to chatting with you and getting some some of your insights about multifamily investing, because that's something I'm very interested in myself. Dave, thank you for having me on. My goal for the show is to not suck and to bring some value to your audience. So let's make this thing happen. <laughs> let's make it happen. So impressive, impressive bio. Something had to spark this interest in real estate investing. I don't think you've been doing it since age seven. So let me know, how did you first get started in real estate? What kind of sparked it? Well, I actually started working with my father in the restaurant when I was age eight. So I've been a lifelong worker. I had the restaurant. I bought my own restaurant with my family when, back in 1994. So I've been making payroll, as I like to tell people, for 25 years. I've been not an entrepreneur at heart. I was more of a job for me, right? So 2008 comes. My father passes away the year before. I'd been working with him my whole life. I, I love the restaurant business, but when the Great Recession came, took a big toll. I've got four kids at the time. I'm like, how am I going to pay the bills? I need to do something different. So I looked at real estate. I had already bought a couple little properties, failed in a couple, did a couple, started getting real estate coaching, uh, went to life coaching school. Everything changed for me once I started to get it educated and I became clear. I had that clarity of why real estate. I wanted to supplement my income from the restaurant initially. But then when I saw the power of refi and roll, buying another property, stacking them up, seeing the multiple layers and multiple streams of revenue. I was like, wow, this can be a venture. And you know, doing something for 20 years, it's ingrained in you. And you have that fear of, well, if I leave this, how am I going to do this? And for me, it was tough, but the coaching uh, actually helped me out. It made me look at my limiting beliefs and it said, yeah, you can do this. I was living in New York, moved out of New York about two years ago to relocate to Florida. And that's why real estate for me, I just wanted to get out from the mundane, what I was doing at the restaurant business. Wow, that's, that's a very short, relatively speaking, short amount of time to accomplish what you've accomplished. So you say, you know, you're taking a stab at it a little bit before you got serious about it. Mm -hmm. What kind of led you to, to jump into multifamily investing? Well, you know, the restaurant business was 50 to 60 hours a week. I didn't want another job, right? I, I knew fixing and flipping in my market was lucrative, but I didn't want the high tax bracket. And I didn't want the turnover. And I knew intuitively, even 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that transactions are you know, there's, there's no money in transactions. You know, wealth is created by equity. So transactions, you become a transaction junkie. You get the dopamine effect. You get the, you know, the trigger. You know, I wanted to be a farmer. Plant the seed, water the seed, have the multifamily grow. That's what an entrepreneur is, taking the risk on the front end and having that asset grow and having that equity, being able to repurpose that equity into another deal. I knew that back in 08. I'm like, if I start getting into this, this fixing and flipping, it's not going to be right for me. I didn't want to have one house here, one house there. That didn't serve me either because I was already working so many hours. So by default, it was a great niche for me. I just chose it for my situation. So what was the size of the first multifamily property that you got involved in? So the first one without Jake, it was back in 2002. It was a fourplex in New York. I still own it to this day. It cash flows great with, for me and my brother. Great property, overfixed, 
probably bought it a little too high, but it was self-serving because it was near the restaurant. I used it for self-storage also. Easy property to manage. Rents have got escalated tremendously over the last 10 years. And the first property that I bought with Jake was a 25 unit back in February of 2013. We call it the uh, little crack den. It was the best property ever bought, best learning lessons ever. And um, it was something that was manageable. Me, Jake, and my brother, Mark, uh, we bought the property together. We partnered up something that everyone needs to do in multifamily if and when they want to scale. And we started from the very beginning, honestly, because I had the money, but Jake didn't. But Jake was boots on the ground in Knoxville. So we said, let's start this partnership and see how it goes. Nice, 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 nice. So it sounds like you did a lot of stuff right from the from the get-go. But, you know, 2020 hindsight, if you were starting all over again from scratch, but with your knowledge, what would you do differently, if anything? I would start sooner. I started a little too late. I started when I was desperate. I think that's what happens with people. That's why they become successful because they say to themselves, you know, I need to get going. I wish I had started sooner. I wish I had started on my own terms. It would have been more empowering to say, you know what, let's start multifamily now. I can think clearly. I don't have to rush into anything. And that's not the way it normally works. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd gotten more clarity. Um, about why multifamily. So back in 2002, I was buying it. I wish I had known the reasons why to create that long-term wealth, to be able to get out of the restaurant as an option, to be able to create other types of income, didn't have that clarity. And the other thing was the syndication aspect of it. We're, we're doing our second syndication closing now. And I thought I'm the equity hound. I want to control it all on myself. Just me, Jake, and my partner, Mike, we've been able to hire somebody else for our syndication company. And now that's another company, another source of revenue, hundreds of investors. I wish I had started syndicating sooner and sharing the opportunity, but I was, I don't want to say fearful, but I was just unknown on how to work with investors and I'm taking their money now. Now I have a fiduciary responsibility to return their money. So it was a little bit of a mindset. So those three things I think I wish I would have focused on a little bit sooner. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That definitely makes a lot of sense. So, you and your partner, Jake, you've got an education company now as well. So you've, you've been training lots of people over the years, et cetera. So what do you see some of the biggest mistakes other real estate investors making when it wow, comes to multifamily? That could be a whole entire show, but I'm going to really chunk it down for you. I think the first thing is people think they can do stuff on their own, right? You cannot do anything on your own. You need an environment. You need an environment of people who are like-minded. You need to start identifying as a multifamily investor. How do you do that? You need to start going to meetups. You need to start putting in deals. You need to start getting educated. The lack of education and specific education on multifamily, not just going and reading a couple articles and listening to podcasts. Those are all wonderful. But really going and finding people who are successful in what you want to do, success these clues, pay for your education. That investment in yourself will expand tenfold. Another thing, not knowing markets. People have to understand how you get into multifamily. Focus on a specific market because it's market specific. You want lower cap rates. If you're a value-add investor, you want to add value, you're going to get more money. You're going to generate more income on the back end. You want a cash flowing market because you want to just get out of your job and pay the bills, maybe a higher cap rate market. Know your market and choose it, right? And I think the other thing is not knowing what you don't know. Like I said, I didn't know the syndication aspect of it. I didn't know you can get into multifamily by syndicating, by partnering, by raising money, by doing day-to-day operations, by bird dogging. All those things that you don't know are all mistakes because they're holding you back. So take a leap. Go find somebody who's doing it. Seek to serve or pay to pay to play or seek to serve. That's my uh, community director, Josh says, and it really hits me all the time because if you don't have the funds, go work for somebody, go put in time and add value to them and learn from them. I wish I had done that sooner. I didn't have any mentors up there, but if I'd done that in New York sooner, I would open my eyes a lot quicker. I would have been able to get into the in multifamily quicker and start scaling up. 
What was that? What was that saying that you just said there? You know, pay, pay to play, play or seek to serve. Seek to serve. That's yeah. Seek to serve. That's. I love the. I love. I. I mean, I've been talking about that concept for a long time. Like either you you pay for somebody to teach you how to do it, or you go work for free. But I. Seek you need to serve have skin that. in the game, right? Because if you don't have skin in the game, I can tell you all the advice in the world. I can give you all the tips. I can let you know what cap rates are. I can show you a good deal. But if you don't have money invested in it, I have masterminds where people don't show up because they're for free. But when I start charging money for masterminds, people will take the advice. They'll take the action, the commitment. I don't know why, but when you have skin in the game, that's the same thing with investing. When you start investing your hard-earned money or somebody else's money, you're going to take action. And this is the same thing with the education. When you have something that's you know, earned and you put it in there, man, you're going you're gonna to take action on that. So I'd just like you to take a moment here, Gino, and explain something because you talked about, you know, when you got into your first deals, you partnered up with your brother, you partnered up with Jake and I believe a, your brother again or a different business mm -hmm. partner. And that's how a lot of people get started with whatever kind of real estate investing they're doing. But you're also talking about syndication. So for folks who aren't familiar with what syndication is, can you just give us a big 35,000 foot overview of syndication? Yeah, sure. So before you partner with anybody, I think you need to have your core beliefs. You need to have what your core beliefs are. And I've made mistakes choosing partners. I've been lucky to have my brother as a partner for years. You need to, for me, I always want to choose someone with integrity. If they're, if they're, someone's not watching and you're doing the right thing, that's when I know somebody has integrity. You want someone with integrity, with your core beliefs, with your morals and your ethics. So my partners, I'm blessed to have really good partners. It was able, it was able for us to start growing the platform. So to actually I do day-to-day -day in the education and Jake does day-to-day -day in the property management. There's no way that we can do, I can run properties and do education full-time. So we're able to branch off with syndication. What it is, is basically you're creating a security. You're raising money from people with the expectation of giving them a return on their money for not doing anything. So basically you create that, that syndication and you're starting to raise money. There's gets split up into the limited partner side where those are the partners where you're raising money and the general partner side, which is Jake, myself, and my other two partners. And it's a great way to actually get into these deals that are a lot bigger for us to not take down. We're raising money from investors. Now it's hard to start a syndication on your first deal because you have so many moving parts, right? You need to know how to analyze the deal. You need to know how to talk to investors. You need to do all the paperwork for, for syndication, a lot of moving parts. It can be done. I wouldn't recommend it on your first one, but take a stab at it if, if, you, if you feel comfortable, but you really want to execute on that first deal, have the proof of concept, and then go out and show investors what you're doing. So syndication is a great way to get in and start scaling up on other properties. And you know, obviously, well, the general partners don't put any money on the deal. What they do is they actually guarantee the debt. So that's a really big portion. So if this deal goes south, myself as a general partner is on the debt. The limited partners who I'm raising money from are only limited to that the investment that they have in the deal. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So what would you say would be like the, to make a syndication worthwhile would be like the, the, the price point on a building or the size? What, where does, you know, because there's a lot of work and expense involved. Yes. In setting it up. That's a great, I mean, it's a difficult question. I mean, as far as some parameters that are currently right now, most syndications offer a preferred rate of return. So the investor gets a preferred rate, which is called a hurdle rate. So on our deals, the first 8% goes to the um, limited partners. We don't get anything as general partners. We get charged an acquisition fee. So every time you put a deal together, you can charge an acquisition fee of one to three or 4% of the purchase price. As syndicators, also, you are charging an asset management fee. That's usually based on either the amount of equity that's raised or the gross revenues, 1%, 1%, 1.5%. So you're generating revenue that way. 
you know, when you're putting a, a deal together, anything less than a million dollars might not make sense syndicating because you need to spend $15,000 for the securities attorney for all those documents, There's a lot of paperwork, a lot of time involved. So depending on the deal itself, I would say something a little bit more than a million dollars. It's hard to put a rule of thumb there, but think about all the moving parts. If it's something smaller than that, I would say get a couple partners, get in an operating agreement, make sure that they're doing something because if they're silent and they're expecting that return with not, no, no work involved, that's a syndication. But make sure you get on a weekly call with them, a monthly call, let them get involved in, in that process. Partnering is, was the great way for us to start. We do, we do stuff weekly. We're on weekly calls. So as far as our portfolio, we are active in it. Awesome. So, Gino, it sounds like you got a lot of, well, you do have a lot of experience with real estate investing. Probably familiar with Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he talks about everybody has their unfair advantage or their superpower when it comes to real estate investing. What, what would you say is yours? I think I have two. My one fair advantage is having great partners and them having a vision and them being really, really hungry. And they're always thinking about ways to grow the business, ways to the right deals. And I think the other unfair advantage is that I just work hard. I, I won't take no for an answer. And, you know, the restaurant did that. I mean, it, that's hard work. I mean, working when it's 100 degrees, working when it's 20 degrees, working on the weekends, working when people are yelling at you, the pace. So the, the unfair advantage is just working hard. I'm not any smarter. I just had a little more clarity and I was able to follow through and I had great partners to, you know, lean on and to actually get great advice from and add to that partnership that made us stronger. You can you can work well under pressure. It sounds like too. <laughs> yes, when you got six kids, you just let the you let the ball roll. Whatever happens, happens. You know what I'm saying? There's always somebody screaming. There's always somebody laughing. So you know. <laughs> All right. I know. I know you got an education company. What What do you think is the the biggest problem that you help solve for your clients and your students? I think a couple of things. I think one of the biggest problems is convincing them that, that they can do multifamily. Like we'd mentioned, there's so many different ways of getting into it. Dave, if you want to raise money for a deal, start what they call sub-syndicating and start raising money for another deal. You want to get into a deal on a limited partner side, put some money into somebody else's deal, learn the process there, and then start doing your own deals. I think just like I said, the environment, getting people together who are like-minded, who support each other, who can answer questions is an awesome thing to do. You know, the mechanics is not hard. I think it's the psychology that's a little bit harder. Seeing other people doing it, that'll give you the motivation, the inspiration to do it. So I think that's what we focus on with our community. Awesome. Very good. From all your years of experience, what do you think would be a, a good, actionable tip that you could give people who are interested in getting into multifamily investing? Hmm. Well, why are you getting into it? It's the first thing. It's always about you, right? I mean, I can tell you why to get into it. Principal pay down, you've got appreciation, you've got cash flow, you've got cost segregation, tax benefits. That all sounds great, but why are you getting into it? Hmm. I got into it because I wanted to make a few extra bucks on my side gig and then ultimately turn it into it. Figure out why you want to get into it. The next thing is start joining communities, start going to meetups, start listening to other people speaking about it, start educating yourself and start reading books. Voracious, get that. And let me tell you, it's going to take you 12 to 18 months to find your first deal after you've done all that because it took us 18 months to get our first deal. But after you've done your first deal, I will guarantee you that second deal is within three to six months because momentum inspiration, motivation takes place. You're a closer now. All of a sudden, brokers look at you differently. You start getting more deal flow. Don't know why that happens, but it just happens that way. So you just really need to get work and prepared on the front end. Like I said, it's the farmer having to plant the seed and waiting a few months for it to sprout and germinate. You know, the instant gratification is not in multifamily. If you want that, 
wholesale, fix and flip, that's a lot easier. But the multifamily is a long game. And long game is three to five years. It's not like it's going to take you 20 years to do it, but it's going to take you a good 18 months to get that first deal. And then after that, things will start progressing. Awesome. Very good. So Gino, if people are, I know you've got a book and if people are interested in finding out more about you, maybe getting a hold of your, your book or finding some, you know, some, a bit more of an introduction to you and, and Jake and Gino, what should they do? Where should they go? Uh, very simply, just go to jakeandgino.com. We've got a great website, got a lot of free resources. Our podcast is called Wheel of Our Profits. We're the number one multifamily podcast on iTunes. We've been doing it for over four years. We've, you know, we've interviewed Robert Kiyosaki, T. Harv Eker, Dean Graziosi, all, all the top names. And I love the podcast. We're speaking offline. Podcasts are great. You get to speak to amazing people and learn what they're doing. So continue to listen to those podcasts. And my email is gino at jakeandgino.com. If anyone wants to send me a message, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Very good. Gino, it's been a lot of fun. Very nice meeting you. Thank you very much for sharing some, some great insights and tips. And who knows, maybe we can do this again sometime. Dave, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And everyone, have a great day. Take care, everybody. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.